Well, hello, everyone. It's great to be with you today. Just before I jump into the message, I do want to take a moment to make you aware that we are planning to host four sit-down, 40-person community Christmas dinners at Rivercross Mission the week of December 14th to December 18th. These dinners are for folks who live in the Old North End and Crescent Valley. And we are now in the planning stages, and we will certainly be requiring some volunteers. So if this is something that you're willing to help out with, just give me a shout, and we will work you into the planning. Well, today we're going to wind up our Relationship Restart teaching series, and I'm going to build on what Pastor Rob has talked about these past few Sundays, using Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20 as our scripture text. But fair warning, it'll take us a while to get there. We have a few other things that we have to take care of first. And let me begin with this. Writer Leah Rumack's description of family life under COVID lockdown. I glare at him over my laptop, which is fighting for space with his at our kitchen table. Everything okay, honey, he asks. Arg, our nine-year-old son shouts, slamming down his iPad, the sight of his distance learning. This is stupid. This is wasting my time. Like millions of people around the world, our family of three has been locked up together in our small house for over six weeks. The novelty of board games and Zoom parties has long worn off, and my income as a freelance writer has slowed to a trickle. And guess what? I don't know how to teach an angry, lonely kid grade three math. I can't even do grade three math. Tensions, needless to say, are high. Tensions, needless to say, are high. Hmm, you think? I'm guessing that you've experienced some tension in your life these past eight and a half months in your family, with your apartment buddies, with work colleagues, as you try to be COVID safe but get things done, with the people in your bubbles as you grow tired of just spending time with them. Folks, let's be real here. COVID is a season of rising tensions. Tensions simmering just below the surface that sometimes boil over into conflict in our relationships. Harsh and angry words and worse. And conflict, fighting with each other, is not pleasant. It wears you down spiritually, emotionally, physically, sometimes leaving deep wounds filled with a lot of unresolved stuff. COVID, uh, co- conflict hurts. Okay, so why are we experiencing so much tension and conflict these days? Well, for starters, we need to recognize that, conf- that COVID is giving birth to another pandemic. As COVID spreads through the population, so do struggles with mental health. We need to name it. These are lonely and isolating times and times of overwhelming change. And we are all finding it tough to handle mentally and and emotionally these days. 50% of all adults in a recent Angus Reid survey say their mental health is getting worse. Add in concerns about mortgages and business survival, that number climbs to 66%. And that number is 81% among working adults, so says another survey by Mona Chappelle. As for youth, the Association of Canadian Studies reports that 50% of youth ages 15 to 17 say their mental health is suffering as they struggle with new school arrangements and the fact that they can't see their friends as much. The impact of all this is getting to us, folks. Look, I've had many conversations with people in recent weeks who are struggling on the edge, about to have a meltdown. So let me say this right here. If you are just 
really struggling right now, please seek professional help. There's no shame in this. The simple fact is we are all struggling with exhaustion. In fact, experts now have new terms to describe it. COVID decision fatigue. Having to put everything we do now through another whole screen of decision-making is wearing us out. Or how about this one? Caution fatigue. When we grow, grow tired of making these decisions, we just stop trying and throw COVID caution to the wind. I think we've all had those moments, haven't we? We're all tired, and we're also afraid and stressed out. In that same Angus Reid survey, people use the words worried and anxious to best describe how they feel right now. Worried that we'll get COVID, afraid that our senior loved ones will too, anxious as we watch the numbers rise all around us, with any relief from that Pfizer or Moderna vaccine still a good six months out. Yes, it's true, folks. These really are tough times. And we've just talked about a lot of serious stuff. So let's just take a deep breath for a moment and have a good laugh about what's on the screen. You know, right now, as we all struggle to cope, sometimes all you can do is have a sense of humor about things. By the way, no dogs were harmed in the making of this funny moment. Bottom line, folks, we are all experiencing a maxing out of our mental and emotional capabilities. Our buckets are getting full, as Pastor Rob said last week. And this is magnifying the tensions in our lives. And sometimes these tensions explode into conflict. But what do we mean by conflict anyways? Let's sort this out. And let's start with what conflict is not. First of all, conflict is not passionate debate. Look, maybe there have been moments in your family bubble or your friend bubble when things have got a bit rambunctious with opinions fiercely expressed as the conversation turned to, oh, let's say, the most supply-reliable brand of toilet paper during COVID or which Netflix original series held your attention most. Or maybe you've experienced passionate debate during times of intense problem-solving at work as you tried to come up with a COVID-safe plan. And there's pressure to figure things out. And sometimes it gets heated as ideas are tossed around. Look, both these situations really don't have to do with conflict. No, this is just the creative give and take that goes on in everyday life between people who are equals in every way. And sometimes it's just plain fun. And sometimes it leads to a better way to do things. But there's one more thing that conflict is not. Conflict is also not domestic violence because domestic violence is about one person with power and control over another folks it's so important that we speak to this today because abusers often like to isolate their victims and covid is a season of optimal isolation abusers and victims sometimes together 24 7 the numbers are concerning the Ending Violence Association of Canada in a recent national survey of 376 staff and volunteers revealed a sharp increase in the rate and severity of violence during COVID. As one worker said it, there have been many more cases of strangulation and serious physical assaults leading to a higher risk of lethality, death. And as COVID restrictions eased this past summer, victims escaped from isolation and filled up the shelters. The executive director of St. John's Coverdale Emer Emergency Shelter for Women confirmed to me that, quote, 
we have seen a significant increase in intimate partner violence over the past months since June, with women accessing our services. Domestic violence is about power and control. It's calculated behavior that the abuser uses to dominate another person, to victimize them. There are no equals here. The hitting, the name-calling, the mind games, the cruelty, the manipulation, the blame games are the abuser's way of saying, I own you, and I'm going to make you so afraid of me, I'm going to humiliate you so badly that I can get you to do anything I please. But please know this, Rivercross is a safe place. We as pastors will listen and help in the strictest confidence. All right, now that we know what conflict is not, not passionate debate, not intense problem solving, and certainly not domestic violence, we can start to figure out what conflict is. And let's start with the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition. Conflict is a strong disagreement that results in often angry argument. A good start, but I think we can do better. How about this as a working definition from the Right Reverend Knight Dictionary? Conflict happens when two or more people act as equal partners in creating a disagreement that turns angry. Not bad, Reverend John, but there's still something missing. Let's dig deeper into that word, disagreement. Disagreement points to something crucial, our personal motivations, our personal agendas. A disagreement happens when my personal agenda clashes with yours. And let's be honest, folks. Life under COVID is almost an invitation to contending personal agendas. And sometimes it's kind of funny. If you're spending way too much time with some people, well, you reach your limits, don't you? This is how author Ada Calhoun describes married life in the time of COVID. It's like five years of regular marriage crammed into four months of pandemic marriage. It's like dog years. I'm sure my wife, Karen, would agree with that. Folks, no matter what relationship we're talking about with our spouse, our parents, our friends, our bubble companions, I'm sure there have been moments lately when your agenda pushed back against someone else's and, well, things went south in a hurry. It's when we arrive here at conflict as the acting out of clashing personal agendas that we should recognize how much we must search the scriptures to fully understand conflict, but more importantly, to get past it. Because you see, conflict, bottom line, is a sin problem. Clashing personal agendas is just another way of saying sinfully selfish motives. Conflict happens when two or more sinful people act as equal partners in creating a disagreement that turns angry. Sinful, that's the crucial word. An uncomfortable word, a word that none of us wants to own up to, but a word that we all share in common. James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, reading from the message. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels among you come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourselves. You lust for what you don't have and are willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours and will risk violence to get your hands on it. 
Conflict is a me problem. My selfish desires, my own way, born out of my sin, sow the seeds of conflict with you. Why? Because my desires grow into demands on you, and when my demands aren't met, I react with anger and worse. Folks, the simple fact is the sin in our lives warps how we see things. It frames reality to fit how our selfish desires want to see it. And in these pressure cooker times under COVID, our warped selfish desires are coming to the surface all too frequently. And there's a collision and an explosion. Now, sometimes those conflicts are fairly run-of-the-mill, like the ones married couples might experience during this dog years endurance test right now. And these can be sorted out with just a little bit of work. So here's two quick tips for maybe how to handle it. Tip number one, schedule weekly we-need-to-talk times and set up respectful ground rules around speaking and listening. You know, you might be surprised how these check-ins get to the heart of the matter and allow God's grace to work. Tip number two, schedule regular just-me times, not to indulge yourself, but to create space in your relationships, to nourish your own spirit. Pastor Rob talked about this last Sunday. The need to spiritually take care of yourself by finding creative ways that fit your personality to spend time alone in God's good company. A walk on a beach, a life-giving hobby, or solitude in prayer and scripture. Why? So that you can come to your relationships with a refreshed, God-centered heart. But folks, COVID is also generating more serious sinful moments too. And we need to name this. We do. We are all becoming more intolerant of each other these days. Think about what goes through your heart when, say, a person doesn't follow the arrows in the grocery store. I had that happen the other day. There was a couple who were going backwards down the aisle with their cart so that it was at least pointing in the right direction. Though, of course, they had to squeeze by me, and the guy was all jokey with me about it. And it took everything in me not to say anything, though my body language and silence said it all. He got the message. Trust me, he got the message. And what was that message? Well, I'd like to think my motives were pure, that I was concerned for the greater good, and for us each doing our part to stamp this virus out. But the truth is that what I was feeling right then was, don't you dare violate my personal space and threaten my life. And in that self-righteous moment, I was conveniently forgetting, of course, that sometimes I've made a shortcut around the arrows, too. Oh, how our self-centered sin warps how we view things. Or how about the whole mask, no mask debate? Look, folks, we need to talk about this because this issue has moved far beyond debate. It has become a major dividing line of conflict in our society. The news is full of stories about it. Now, I'm not going to argue the sides of the issue here because it's not the substance of those arguments that really have me so concerned. No, it's the attitudes and actions around all this that so trouble me. There's just a lot of sinful behavior going on here, folks. Behavior that boils down to, I'm right, you're wrong, do it my way, not yours. And we are all guilty of this on both sides. And it's leading to dangerous places. We no longer trust each other. In fact, at times, 
we can't stand each other. Folks, we are grappling with our sin nature here, pure and simple. And as believing followers of the Prince of Peace, no matter what we might think on this issue, we need to examine our hearts before we speak and act. All right, folks, it's time for another deep breath. So please take this off the wall, or I guess actually on the wall moment, in the spirit in which it's intended, and make sure to read the caption. Folks, COVID is an overwhelming experience. We are all having a tough time right now. Exhaustion, fear, anxiety, resentment, distrust, intolerance. COVID is cooking up a toxic stew of thoughts and emotions that are giving voice to our sin nature, exposing the fault lines in our relationships. Tensions, needless to say, are high and sometimes explode into conflict. But here's the great news. If conflict isn't just human nature, isn't just the way we humans go about thinking and doing things, then there's real hope here. Because if conflict is instead a sin problem, an expression of our sin nature, not our human nature, then there's a way to deal with it. Which brings us finally to Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Paul's letter to the Colossians is all about Jesus Christ. The letter is only 95 verses long, but the name of Jesus comes up in one form or another 46 times in those 95 verses. And there's a sentence in the letter that kind of sums up what Paul is saying. Chapter 3, verse 11, Christ is all and is in all. The scripture passage we're taking a closer look at, chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, forms the heart of what Paul means by this. Verses 15 to 20 are basically a song of praise to Jesus. A song with one big idea. You can find it in verse 15. The sun is the image of the invisible God. Paul is making it clear that in the man Jesus Christ, we see and meet and experience all the fullness and completeness of God. Jesus is God. The two stanzas of this song of praise then explain what this means. The first stanza, verses 15 to 17, praises Jesus as the majestic Son of God who is Lord of creation. He's the firstborn, verse 15, who existed, verse 17, before all things. In other words, before all creation in time. And in whose being and power all things were created, verse 16. And by whose being and power all things hold together, verse 17. Folks, this is deep and wonderful stuff. What we have here is a vision of Jesus as one whose power is so awesome, whose presence is so holy, that in our frail and sinful humanity, we can't possibly come close and know him. Yet here he is, God in the flesh, in Jesus, whom we can meet face to face. How is this even possible? Because of who God is. If we can't get near to God in our failure and sin, God can come close to us in his holiness and power. God can act because of who he is, and he does. Which brings us to the second stanza of this song, verses 18 to 20. A stanza that praises Jesus as Lord of salvation. Here we meet God up close and personal in Jesus, by whose divine power, the same power that brought the world into being and holds it together, the same power that resurrected Jesus, who is the firstborn from among the dead, verse 18, through that same power, God in Jesus Christ 
reconciles to himself all things, including you and me, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Verse 20. Folks, do we feel deep down in our bones what Paul is saying? He's telling us that once we were enemies, alienated from God. Verse 21. But God has now made peace with us through Jesus. How? Our sin problem has been taken care of. The power of our sin nature over us has been challenged and defeated through Christ's sacrifice on a cross. And now we can enjoy friendship with God. And here's the thing, folks. This might be a great big theological thought, but it has powerful practical implications for our lives. It means that we can now deal with the tensions and conflicts we are experiencing right now in a world with COVID because we are no longer ruled by our sin nature. Instead, through God's ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, Pastor Rob talked about this last Sunday. We are each having, as Paul says in Galatians, Christ formed in you, Galatians 4.19. We are each becoming more like Jesus every day. So now we can go out in God's grace to make peace with our enemies too, to become friends with them. Folks, through the saving power of Jesus Christ, the walls between us all can come down. Now, I know right about now, you're probably saying, oh, sure, John, sure they can. But you know, what would have happened in that grocery store aisle if I hadn't let my sin nature get the best of me and instead trusting in the Holy Spirit had responded to that jokey guy ignoring the arrows, not with a silent glare, but as an ambassador of God's peace? What if I'd actually spoken kindly to him. Hey, buddy, I I try my best to follow the rules, but you know, sometimes I cut corners too. And by the way, you look like you're in a real hurry. Can I help you out in some way? In these tension-filled times, what difference could one gospel grace moment make? I guess I'll never know, will I? But if I believe that God has made peace with me through Jesus, surely I should also believe that now with my life transformed through God's grace, I can go in the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to make peace with others too. And in doing so, reveal to them that the Prince of Peace is real. Folks, by the witness of our example in these difficult days, we can bring other people into reconciling friendship with God, which is something that our world desperately needs right now. As I wind things up, let me share one more scripture passage with you. Again, from the Apostle Paul, from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Folks, it's time. In these difficult days where COVID is magnifying the challenges we all face, and where our sin nature sometimes gets the best of us, it's time to face up to the conflicts in our lives 
and in obedience to Jesus Christ, through whom we have peace with God, to seek reconciliation and friendship with those whom we now call our enemies. We can do it. It's possible with God's help. Let's pray together. God, we simply want to say thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, through whose shed blood we have been reconciled to you. And we ask that as we continue to grow in friendship with you through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we will indeed become more like Jesus every day. And that in your grace we will extend the hand of friendship and peace to our enemies too. God, meet us in our conflicts and turn them to moments of life-giving joy. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.